open them with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Matter of fact, um, pardon me, uh, I'm going to step down here for a minute. Um, still got the, the packaging on it, but uh, brother, I told him, I said, we're not going to put it up on the screen tonight, I'm just going to hold it up, amen, but uh, brother Terry and sister Barbie got me that, uh, I will walk by faith even when I cannot see. So 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is where we're going to begin tonight. Thank you both for that gift, man. It's a, amen. It's a good reminder for us. Praise God. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And the word walk literally means to walk about or move about. We would say it in our English language today, how we go about something. How do you go about it? Um, and of course, in this case, it's talking about life. How do you go about life? And of course, we go about life by faith, not by sight. We go about life by faith, not by sight. Now, this simple passage is speaking of two fundamental ways to walk or to live or to go about life or to do life, either by faith or by sight. And many times we look at this passage to talk about what does it mean to live by faith, but I think we can gain a better understanding of what it means to live by faith to also understand what it actually means to be one who walks by sight. What I have discovered both in my own life, my own overcoming, praise God, my own thankfulness, is that a lot of times we're walking by sight, but we think we're walking by faith. And there's, so there needs to be some understanding here of what these things actually are. One of the simple ways to define walking by sight is walking by sight is going about life based upon the way things look, seem, or feel. Going about life based upon the way things look, seem, or feel. Can I, I listen, you know, the Bible says, let those who are taught the word communicate with him who teaches in every good thing. Amen. Are, are you becoming more aware of when you start making decisions based upon how things look, seem, or feel? Is, are you, is this, remember, the word of God is not just something that we study or memorize the Holy Spirit wants the Word of God to become a part of your personality. He wants the Word of God to become a part of, of everything that you do and, and, and the way that you live and go about life. And so if we're, if we're living our life based upon and making decisions based upon the way things look, seem, or feel, then we're not walking by faith. We're not going about life by faith. We're not trying to hurt your feelings. We're just telling you that's not faith. Walking by faith is going about life based upon what you know is true, but not yet visible. There's no, there's no visible proof for it. There's no physical evidence for it, but faith is the evidence. And so walking by faith, then, is making decisions, responding to circumstances and issues and even other people in your life based upon what you know is true, but not yet visible. Jesus modeled this for us. In, in John the 17th chapter, don't turn there now, just let me, let me you do it later, okay? But let, let me just put this out there for you. In John the 17th chapter, we see Jesus operating in faith. If he had have prayed for his disciples based upon the way it looked, seemed, and felt, he would have talked about, oh, Father in heaven, what have we done? Instead, he prayed a prayer something like this. Father, I thank you that they've believed every word that's ever come out of my mouth. I thank you, Father, that they know who I am and they know who they are in me. I thank you, Father, that they don't only know me, they know you because of me. He's saying all these things. Do you realize these men 
And Jesus knew it. These men, only hours later, are going to be lying, cussing, denying, running, hiding. Jesus who? Peter cutting the fool. You know, all this other stuff, right, that's going on. Judas going to betray him, all this other stuff. And yet, this is what's coming out of Jesus' mouth. He's not responding to them and to even to their immediate future based upon how it looked, seemed, or felt. He's responding based upon what he knows to be true from his Father. He even said, Father, you gave these men to me. You gave these men to me. What is he saying there? How could it be wrong? How could it not work out, Father? You gave them to me. Now it looked kind of shaky, but Jesus didn't base his response to them on how it looks, seems, or feels. We see that walking by sight is the default setting for the world. In other words, it's the go-to setting. If we're going to walk by faith, we're going to have to deliberately shift into faith mode instead of doing what comes natural to so many in the world. Walking by sight means your thoughts, words, and actions align with the things you see going on all around you. Align with the things you see going on all around you. We get lured in, don't we? Come on now. We get, how about this? We get caught up. Am I the only one that's ever got caught up in something? Got caught up in a conversation? All of a sudden you're saying things you shouldn't be saying. Got caught up in some situation. Now you're, you're in over your head. In other words, we, you know, we respond. Uh, you know, walking by sight means thoughts, words, and actions are lining up with what's going on around you. We get caught up and we get drawn in to it. Now, I want you to think for a moment because this, I, I did some meditating on this recently, right? And I want you to think about it for a moment. It's interesting to me to consider how much confidence we place in the way things look, seem, and feel given how unreliable and unpredictable these actually are. Amen. Maybe you have to think about it for a moment. I don't, are, you, are you with me? We put so much confidence in responding based upon the way something looks. Speaking about a situation based upon how it seems. How many sentences a day in our life begin with, well, I feel... And we talk about these things. We base our life upon the way things look, seem, and feel like the way things look, seem, and feel is somehow this solid uh, source that's always reliable, that's always uh, truthful, that's always dependable. How many times have things not been as they seemed? How many times has it turned out to be different than the way it appeared? How many times have things looked one way when they were actually another way altogether? It's not like this is a once or twice in a lifetime you know, experience where this real you know, rare unicorn type of an experience where something turned out to not be exactly as it seemed. It happens to us all the time. 
Yet we keep going back to it over and over again, living our lives based upon the way something looks, the way something seems, the way something feels. It would be different if that was all that we had available to us. As born-again believers learning to live by faith, we don't respond how to, to a situation based upon how it looks, how it seems, how it feels. We respond to the situation based upon the truth. The truth is what Father God has said. The truth is reliable. The truth, He has preferred it above His own name. Let heaven and earth pass away. Let every man be a liar. But let God's Word be true. His words are truth. James, I don't have a slide for this one, but it, verse was just rich in me earlier. It's um, James 3 and 17. And he says that the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. A whole lot of preaching that we could do right there. The main thing I'm wanting you to see is the wisdom that comes from God. It's a lot of things. But the first thing that He wants you to know is that it's pure. The first thing He wants you to know is that His truth, His wisdom coming from Him to you has not been contaminated. It doesn't have any error in it. It doesn't have any uh, falsehood or deception commingled with it or sprinkled in in any way. It, it has come to you 100% pure. 100% reliable. Brother Donald Ballard says if you're going to make good decisions, you've got to have good information. Too many people trying to make good decisions with bad information. We need a reliable source, not something unpredictable, not something as, as unreliable as how something seems, looks, or feels. We need a reliable source in our life that we can go to to get, to get straight what's straight, to get, you know what I'm saying, to, to understand what's up. Somewhere we can go to find out what's really going on instead of depending upon what other people have said and done. I want to give you a few... i got lots here, but let me just... I'm going to slow down here for a minute. Let's just consider for a moment. We, man, we're going to just... We're going to like bury this once and for all tonight, okay? Definitions tell all. Let me define the word look for you. L-O-O-K. The word look means... To have the appearance or give the impression of being. I mean, what up with that? Think about it. Let's, let's go again. To have the appearance or give the impression of being. You making a decision about your child's future? And you're going to make that decision based upon an appearance or an impression? Seem. What does seem mean? 
Seem means this, to give the outward appearance of being true or pretending to be true. (laughs) Right? An outward appearance of being true or perhaps it's only an outward appearance of pretending to be true. Again, you're going to make financial decisions based upon something that appears to be or pretends to be true? How about this? We use this word to express personal uncertainty. We use the word seem when talking to other people to communicate to them a lack of confidence on our part. Well, I mean, it seemed to me like this was the way it was supposed to go. The very word communicates being unsure, uncertain, a lack of confidence. And yet again, why do we put so much trust in a, in a word that, that by virtue of its definition is talking about something that only gives the outward appearance of being true and at worst is only pretending to be. Feel. How things look, how things seem, how things feel. The word feel means this, to have a sensation. To be emotionally affected by something. Come on now. Come on. Man, I just got a feeling about this one. You ever said that? That's what somebody says before they roll two dice with a lot of money on the line. Man, I just got a feeling about this one. We're fixing to roll the dice over some important forward progress step or what have you in our families based upon a sensation or something that has affected us emotionally because we all know how dependable emotions are, right? Here's perhaps my favorite of all three words, this last part of the definition of the word feel. A vague mental impression. Again, the use of the very word expresses doubt. Think about when you use the word feel. Sometimes we use the word feel or seems when we're trying even to take the edge off of sounding aggressive. Right? In other words, it's like, it's like, look, I know you're wrong, I know I'm right, but it just seems to me like, in other words, we, we use it to be wishy-washy. We use these words to be wishy-washy. We use these words to, to express waffling in our lives. Here's the thing. 
When we walk by the way things look, seem, or feel, we play right into the devil's hands and it makes it so much easier for him to deceive us. If you set out on a course of living life, go about in life, going about life, if, if you say, I'm, I'm going to go about life, I'm going to walk by sight, I'm going to go about life by sight, the devil is sitting there going, all right, man, <laughs> bring it on. Because he knows that you are making yourself vulnerable to his abilities to deceive you. Satan operates in the realm of look, seem, and feel. He is always trying to lure you into that arena. You are no match for him in the arena of look, seem, and feel, but he is no match for you in the arena of faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes this world. Satan knows that as long as you remain on the pathway of faith, he can't do anything to stop you. He can't do anything to hurt you. He can't do anything to steal from you. And even if it looks like you're losing, you're still winning if you're still winning if you're on the pathway of faith. But see, if you're not going by sight, everybody around you may go, dude, she is losing. And you won't even know that it looks like you're losing because you're not walking by sight. You're walking by faith. And other people around you are trying to figure out why you've got your head in the sand and your head's not in the sand. It's in the clouds with Jesus. Walking by faith. You have an enemy. He's the source of your adversity. He's your adversary. Jesus called him not just a liar. He called him the father of lies, which means he's doing more than lying to you. He's trying to impregnate your mind with his lies so that you will conceive his lies in your heart. The word deceive means to cause someone to believe something to be true that is not true in order to gain an advantage over them. I said that too fast. Let me go back. What does it mean to deceive? Because Satan is not just the father of lies. He's a deceiver. To deceive is to cause someone to believe something to be true that is not true to gain an advantage over them. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, We're not ignorant of the devil's devices lest he gain an advantage over us. Every device he's got comes back to or some version of deceiving you. Getting you to believe something to be true that's not true. So do you see if you're already predisposed, if you're already inclined, if, you're already have, if you already have a default setting of living your life based upon the way things look, seem, or feel, you're playing right into his hands. Listen to me very carefully. We, we may not get much further than this point right here, okay? Make no mistake about it. Satan is at work right now trying 
to deceive you. Satan is at work right now trying to deceive you. He is actively trying to find new avenues to use. Anybody with me, there's areas he's deceived me in before, but thank God for the truth. And so he's not, he's not deceiving me there anymore, right? Praise God, okay? But so what does the devil do? Oh, well, I guess can't deceive them anymore. No, he tries to find a new way to deceive you. Starts trying to find a new angle to get you to think something is true that's not true in order to again gain an advantage over you. Listen to me. He's looking for problems to confound you people to offend you, situations to frustrate you, lies to confuse you, symptoms to scare you, and thoughts to manipulate you. I'm going to say it at least one more time. He is at work right now trying to deceive you. He's actively trying to use in deceiving you. So he's trying to find some problem to confound you. We're overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. Why do we go? Oh my gosh, you know. Just when I thought everything was going good, right? He's wanting to confound you. He's trying to find people to offend you. He'll use a stranger that you don't even know that didn't push the gas fast enough in the morning when the light turned green in front of you. Or if he can, he'll find someone very, very close to you to offend you. To offend you. Problems to confound you people to offend you. I'm not going to have time to get to there tonight, but so I'm going to mention it now. The word offense, offense in the Bible, it is the word scandalon in the Greek. It literally means the stick that sets the trap. So mousetrap, mousetrap, you put the cheese, you don't just put the cheese anywhere on the trap. You put the cheese on the stick or the plate that triggers the trap, right? So an offense, someone offending you, it's a baited trap that Satan has set for you. Don't take the bait. Refuse to be offended. Now, you say, well, how in the world is that possible, Pastor Mark? Quit living your life based upon the way things look, seem, and feel. Right? Well, I'm not sure, but it just looked like they ignored me. It seems like nobody down there loves me. 
I just feel like, see? Notice again, you're taking the bait. When we go by the way things look, seem, or feel, we play right into His hands. Problems to confound you, people to offend you, situations to frustrate you. Lies to confuse you. Symptoms to scare you. And thoughts to manipulate you. There's one thing, though, that will make you immune to all of this. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Are you hearing me? That's the truth. Do you see why you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free? We often use that, well, the truth will set you free from some kind of life-controlling behavior. The truth will set you free from sin. Now, let me tell you something. The truth will set you free from problems that confound you. Because the truth is, there's nothing bigger than my God. The truth is, there is no problem in this life that He hasn't already faced and conquered and given me the victory over. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The truth is, there, is, there, there are no people who can harm me. I'm, I'm not a people pleaser. So why am I so worried about what people think about me anyway? My focus is to please God and to love others. And some people are easy to love, and some people are hard to love. And so when God brings me in, in the pathway of someone who's hard to love, He's just giving me somebody to practice with. It's just good, it's, it's good love practice, right? I'm going to practice loving. Amen. Situations to frustrate you. The truth is, he said he would give you peace that passes understanding. Peace that passes all understanding. Lies to confuse you. The truth, again, is how we gain victory and even become immune to the devil's lies. Symptoms to scare you. And that last one, I think really there's elements in this last one that are included in all of those, and that's thoughts to manipulate you. Remember, when we go by the way things look, seem, or feel, what is Satan ultimately trying to do? He's trying to align your thoughts, your words, and then your actions with the problem. So when we align, let, let's... I know I'm about out of time. Let's go through the list one more time, all right? So you've got a problem that is confounding you. You don't know what to do about it. Some situation in your family, some situation on your job. You, you, you don't, it's like do, you've done everything you know to do, what have you. I mean, stuff like that we say about these things, right? Satan is trying to get you to align your thoughts, focus on that problem, that issue. Talk about the problem. Words coming out of your mouth, aligning with the problem. Actions in response to the problem. Faith aligns with what God said. It may not be visible, but it's true. All right, how about this? I'm going to put it as simple as I know how to put it. Would you rather have truth that's not visible or a lie in your face? I'd take, I'd take truth that's not yet visible over a lie any day. 
What if the lie was true 40% of the time? I'd still take the truth <laughs> every time. Amen? So, people to offend you. Notice again, what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to get your thoughts to align with that offense. He's trying to get you to marinate in that offense. He's trying to get you to rehearse that offense. He's trying to get you to tell other people about that offense. He's trying to get you to do something about that offense, get you a little revenge, right? Thoughts, words, actions. See how it works? But when our... Thoughts are aligned with the Word of God. We bless those who curse us. We pray for those who spitefully use us. We do good to those who mistreat us. Do you see? Amen. Amen. Well, you got it. Situations to frustrate you. That's one of the things about frustration is it? frustration takes place in the mind, right? How many nights have we spent dwelling on lies from the enemy meant to confuse us? Get the Word of God going in your mind. Get you a verse, and if you don't have one, see me or somebody else in this room tonight that can help you. Get you a simple power-filled, truth-filled verse to sit there and meditate on and mutter to yourself that you go to sleep every night. I love, to, I love to just lay there. I got up real early this morning, go to my class. The Holy Spirit reminded me after I'm already out of bed and awake. No class this morning. Ladies have hearts of hope. I'm like, and I didn't even watch the rest of the hockey game last night because I wanted to get some sleep and I didn't even have to get, you know, but anyway. Praise God. So I said, well, I'm going to try to go back to sleep. So I just laid there, and this is what, this is what I like to do. This is what, you <laughs> I, I just acted out, lay down, just laying there on my pillow. <sighs> Not loud enough to wake Pam up, but I do this. I say, Father, I am one with you, and you are one with me. Mm, Father, it's so good to be one with you. I'm one with you, Father. You've made me one with you. I'm one with you, and you're one with me. I'm in you, and you're in me. I was doing that. It's happened twice. It's happened twice. It happened about two or three years ago, and it happened about two weeks ago. I was sitting there doing that, and I drifted off to sleep. I'm going to call it a dream instead of a vision. But in the dream, I'm running to him, and when I get to him to hug him, I just disappeared inside of him. Whew. Right. Amen. All right, this is another one of my favorites. I'll be laying there, and I'm going, oh, Father, your word says that I'm your child. And your word says that I have overcome, Father. So if I have overcome, then anything that's against me, I've already beat it. I just don't know it yet. And greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Father, you're in me and you're the greater one. There's nothing bigger than you, my daddy. And since you're in me and you're for me, it doesn't matter what's against me because nothing that's against me is bigger than you because greater is he that's in me. Than... And I just sit there, I do that just, man, until I just about like, okay, start getting excited like, you know. Get you a verse. Don't lay there and think about how we're going to pay these bills, what we're going to do next. You say, Pastor Mark, that's, that's denial. It's not denial, it's faith. It's faith. 
That sure does beat laying there going, oh, God, the power bill's due again, and the rent's due again, and now, you know, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And just, you know, just lay there. Just, we sit there and do that. Worry's just meditating on the wrong things. We cannot trust. Let's nail it down. We cannot trust the way things look, seem, or feel. Satan can not only influence, in some cases, he can control the way things look, seem, and feel to deceive us. He uses these highly suspect factors to manipulate our choices and actions away from the pathway of faith. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Good friend of mine, it's Pastor Jeff Gilliland. He's counselor at the foundry up at Change Lives Christian Center. He was at a, a secular recovery uh, seminar thing. And, and um, when I say secular, I'm not that, uh, some people say that like it's a bad word or something. It was just, it wasn't necessarily a Christ-centered, faith-based recovery deal. And so they were talking about some of their uh, things. And a lot of times when you're the only Christian or Christ-centered recovery person in those settings, they tend to kind of feel annoyed or threatened by us and they pick on us, you know. And um, so they were talking about deep meditation and, and how there's been some really good breakthroughs in people in recovery practicing deep meditation. Jeff, what do you think about that? He goes, oh man, I love meditation. He said, we do that, man, we do that at the foundry. We teach our people to get really still and really quiet and just meditate on the goodness of God. And get really still and really quiet. Because, <laughs> you know, they're talking like, home, you know, that kind of crazy stuff, right? He goes, oh, no, no. They're like, you know, they were expecting him to go, no, nah, that's Eastern religion. Nah, that's He's like, oh, man, we, yes, we love meditation at the foundry. <laughs> and we love meditation at Heritage. Amen. It means to mutter to oneself is what it means, to mutter under one's breath. Get the word of God muttering out of your mouth. Amen. Align your thoughts with the word. Align your words with the word. And align your actions with the word. Father, thank you. This time together tonight. Thank you for your blessing upon us and our families. Father, I thank you that as we go from this place, we go in peace. Father, that our eyes are being opened by you, by your Holy Spirit as to the absurdity of thinking that we can trust the way something looks, seems, or feels, period, but especially trust it over what you say. Thank you, Father, that you are our source for reliable truth upon which we can make the decisions for our lives and families in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you for being here. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Remember, seniors' dinner tomorrow night, 6 o'clock.